Have you ever been uh, driving and find yourself lost? You're lost. And you, you might have been lost for a long time, and it might have taken you a long time to admit you're lost. Depends on if you're male or female, I suppose. Men have a harder time admitting that they're lost, end up driving further and further from their destination because, like me, we're too proud. We are too proud. How many times have you spent all that extra time and gas and frustration because you were too proud to ask for help? Uh, you didn't know that it was just so easy to flip on a GPS, but prior to the days of GPS, you drove many hours out of your way because of your pride. But the reality is we all at times get lost, whether it's we're driving or you go for a hike in the woods and you just end up lost. Well, the interesting thing about being lost is how do you know that you're lost? How do you know that you're lost? It's because you have a point of reference. When you're driving, you know where you're supposed to be going. You know maybe, if you've been there before, the roads that should be familiar. And you know the destination. You realize, I'm 45 minutes late and I'm still not there. You know you're lost because there's a point of reference. Something to, to look to and say, I'm not there, therefore I'm lost. Same within the woods, you know, you might be heading in circles and circles and say, I know I should have arrived to the path by now. But there's this point of reference, something that makes you know for sure that you are lost. The amazing thing about not being lost anymore is that you have to admit you're lost, first off. And then you have to seek help. To seek help. If you are ultimately lost and you're in the middle of downtown who knows where... Uh, you could keep driving around all day, all month, but until you admit you're lost, maybe seek help, you'll never become unlost. You have to seek help. I want to read this passage for us here. In 176 of Psalm 119, it says, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. He admits I have gone astray. I'm, I'm lost. You, you notice first thing, he admits it. He admits that he has gone astray, that he is lost. What's sad is some people are just not aware that they're lost. Maybe even you think about yourself and, and you know, if, if you're in Christ, if you're a Christian, think about how long it was that you were lost, that you didn't know the truth. You didn't even know that you were not on the right path. You didn't even know that there was a God to be found in, and you were so far doing your own thing, so blind, so unaware of the point of reference that you didn't know you were lost. You thought you were okay. Man, that is devastating. If you have a destination and you have a time you need to be there and you're on the wrong highway in the wrong direction, unless you know that you are lost, you are in trouble. Some people are not aware. Imagine someone who walks in the woods and thinks they're okay. And they keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper in. The further you go, the, the more lost you become, the more dangerous or the more devastating the, the, um, the effects of it. You need to admit and know that you're lost. David here says, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. The question is, do you ever feel lost? And, and not just ultimately lost, like before Jesus you were lost and, and you, you didn't know the way. But even now, like... When you come to your Bible reading, do you just feel lost sometimes? Like you, you don't know where to go. You don't know if you're, you're on track. You, you feel really discouraged. You, you, so you might be on a bunny trail. Maybe in your prayer life, do you just go off on tangents or 
and stop praying altogether? You're just lost in your prayer life? You, you, maybe you got discouraged, maybe you got turned around at some point, and now you just feel like you're lost? I don't know if you've ever had that feeling where you can just like let out a sigh and say, I just feel so lost right now. Even in my Christian life, I just feel so lost. Like I feel like I have no direction or at least I'm just spinning in circles. I feel lost in this moment. The important thing is, is to recognize it. You recognize that you're lost. Admit, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. The amazing thing is being lost implies that there is a way to go. There is a way. And here, David refers to it at the very end. He says, I've gone astray like a lost sheep, seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. Here's my point of reference. Here's how I know that I'm lost. It's because God has put a pillar and he's put a path and I know that I'm not there. And so I have a point of reference which tells me I'm lost right now. I've gone astray right now. I'm not on the path right now. He has a point of reference. There is a certain way to go. And he says, I'm not there. I'm not on it. And so that's sometimes why you feel that way. You know that in in your Bible reading, you should be growing or learning or even your affections getting deeper for Jesus. And if you don't feel that, you feel like, I'm lost in this. Like, I feel like this is not doing what it should for me. Even prayer, sometimes you might feel like, are your words bouncing off the ceiling? Like, I feel lost. I feel like this is not where prayer should lead me. This is not where prayer should go. But you have to admit, you have to recognize the point of reference. What is it? David says the point of reference always ought to be God's word. It always is to be God's word. God's word tells us what we should be uh, like and what we should be moving towards and how we should be transformed. His word tells us these things. I love how he gives us that point of reference. He doesn't just say, I'm lost, but I don't know how, and I don't know how I came to that revelation. No, you came to that revelation because you had the point of reference, and he realizes, I'm not there. Sad day when people don't realize they're lost, even as believers, when we don't even feel we're lost. You're just spin off in a, in a cycle, and you maybe, maybe you just stopped praying today. And yesterday, the day before, you don't, you don't remember the last time you sat down and prayed. And, and not just for a meal, but prayed, like really prayed. Maybe you just got so lost and you didn't even realize it until someone else showed you their prayer life. Not in pride, but you just saw, you think, wow, I'm not there. I have a point of reference as a person of godliness, and I'm not there. God's word always is our point of reference that shows us and reminds us when we are lost. I love uh, how he has said, and, and there are ways in which we also, too, are gone astray. What are the ways that people go astray? Well, there's kind of two main ways people end off the track. The first is that they wander off. They wander off. I, I love how he uses this imagery, right, of the lost sheep. Some sheep just wander off. Sometimes we just wander off. Sometimes David could have just wandered off. It wasn't an intentional, necessarily rebellious stage where he refused to follow the leader. Sometimes you just wander. It's a, it's a slow and steady fade. Sometimes you don't even notice that you've wandered off the path. Sometimes you got off at the wrong exit or you missed your exit while you're driving. You don't even notice. It wasn't intentional. You didn't mean to. You weren't so proud in the moment that you didn't. You refused to believe that sign was your exit. It wasn't that, that you just didn't notice. Sometimes that happens, a slow and steady fade where we just wander off. But it's our doing. We've insisted on our own way instead of God's. Isaiah 53, 6 says this, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned 
everyone to his own way. We, like sheep, have gone astray. We turn. We turn. And how do we turn? Well, we turn to our own way instead of God's way. And so now we know for sure we're lost because we're not on the way we should be, our point of reference, God's word. And so one way is that we end up going astray is by wandering off. The second way is by being led away. Led away. There are so many warnings in the Bible about those who will lead people astray, those false teachers who will slip in truths that, that you might, or, or falsehoods that you are disguised as truth. And so the Bible gives many warnings, like, careful, you could be led astray, like led off of the path. Isaiah 9.16 is one example where it says, those who guide this people have been leading them astray. God's accusing some of the the prophets of the day, some of the leaders of the the church of the day. He says, those who guide this people have been leading them astray. Those who are guided by them are swallowed up. That was Isaiah 9.16. Another example is in 2 Peter 3.17, where he gives a strong warning. He says, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability be careful, Second Peter says. Be careful that you're not carried away. It's, it can happen to anyone. So sometimes we wander off. Other times you're led astray. Some examples of this is prodigals, right? You, you know the story of the prodigal son. What did he do? He wandered off intentionally. He insisted on his own way, and he was then lost. He was far from his father, far from the way in which he knew he needed. And, and guess what? He came to the realization of the point of reference. My father is wealthy. There's the point of reference. My father's over there. My father has everything I ever needed. Here I am in a pigsty eating pig food. There's this reference point. He knew where he could be, where he should be. So he knew that then he was lost in order to then seek the way back to, to find home. So there's prodigals. Some prodigals are morally distant. You may know people who have have once proclaimed faith in the Lord Jesus and are just not there anymore. They are living for themselves or doing their own thing. Prodigals can be morally distant. They're just making poor choices, walking in intentional sin all day long. Things they know are wrong. They have a seared conscience now. They're just doing what they do, regardless of what they know to be true about God and his way. Some prodigals are morally distant. Some prodigals are, are physically distanced. They, they just, because they're maybe into something or, they're, or whatever it may have you, they just distance themselves from godly people. And eventually they end up just kind of on their own thing. And, and they don't even recognize when they are lost or where, they, where they're going off to the side because they don't have points of reference even around them. God gives us points of reference not just in the word, but when the, when the word is transforming me, when the word's transforming the person next to you. You now have a point of reference as to what growing in godliness looks like. And I'm not there. But if you're off doing your own thing all the time, you don't have any point of reference except for your own interpretation of yourself. I'm doing pretty good. I'm not like that bad guy I saw on the TV. And so it's a dangerous place to be. Some example of those Protestants are morally distant or just physically distant from godly people. But there are some people who are lost, who are physically near. They may go to church every single week, but they are emotionally or spiritually distant from God. They have wandered off in that sense, emotionally and spiritually. They are not near to God whatsoever. In Revelation, he refers to uh, those who have forgotten their first love. 
They forgot their love. They, they don't have any affection for Jesus anymore. They're doing the motions. They're going through their faith, doing what they think they need to do, and they don't love Jesus. And they need a fresh view of their point of reference, the cross. They need a fresh view of what it was that brought them into relationship with God to begin with. He says, I have gone astray. He takes responsibility for where he is. He says, I've gone astray like a lost sheep. I love that picture because it, it reminds us that someone who is lost is not always in complete rebellion. You know, sheep can be wandering off after good things. They can be wandering out off after, oh, they think there's a trail of food over here. It's good for them to be nourished. It's good for them to, to grow. And so they're wandering off. It wasn't rebellious. They were wandering after good things. And so sometimes we also wander off after good things too. Just like sheep wander off after food or what they think is the right way, we wander off after what we think nourishes us and maybe get on a tangent. And that's how sometimes people are led away is because we wander off without really paying attention, like a sheep. A, a sheep just looks within the next foot or two within front of them. They don't have a perspective like they need. And so sheep are utterly dependent. Sheep are not meant to be independent, nor are we. That's what I love when he always refers to the Bible repeatedly. Like, the Bible talks about sheep 500 times. It's an important image. And the Bible refers to us like sheep many, many times because... We are so dependent on God because we have such a limited view. We have, we have such a need of a shepherd. We're not meant to be independent. I got this. I'm doing my own thing. I, I, I can take care of myself. In and of ourselves, we are not able to, number one, find proper nourishment. That, that will make us survive. We can't do it. We cannot, like sheep, cannot find proper nutrients that will cause us to survive to the end. Second thing, we're not able to do like sheep is to fend off all of our enemies. What if one comes up behind? What if there's a pack? We can't, sheep cannot fend off, if they're all by themselves, they cannot fend off their enemies. Nor can we. Just like sheep, we cannot fend off all our enemies. You might see one coming. What about the one that's hiding behind a bush? We, we cannot fend off our enemies just like sheep. Third thing, just like sheep, we cannot fix our failures. Sheep can't fix their own mistakes. If they've got a broken leg, they can't do anything about it. Nor can we. We cannot do anything about our own broken leg, and not just physically, but spiritually, when we have made a mistake, when we have a colossal failure, a moral failure, any sort of failure, we can't fix it. We might try to be a better person and try to like outweigh that bad thing with all the good things, but we can't. We are utterly dependent on someone else to fix us, to mend us up, to bind up our wounds, our spiritual wounds. And the fourth thing that we're like sheep is that we cannot find our way back. A sheep cannot find its way back. It has no point of reference. It only can see the first two feet in front of itself. So how is it going to see that it came from that way when it's just looking at grass, grass, more grass, in the same way, you and I, we just have such tunnel vision and we can only see in this moment or in the past. We can't see next week. We don't have that sort of perspective. And so we are unable to find our way back to that point of reference without God. We are not independent, just like sheep. And the last thing that we're not like sheep or that we are like sheep uh, in is that sheep cannot finish well with, on their own. They need a shepherd to help them, to lead them 
to guide them, to bring them to that food, to fend off the enemies, to fix their failures, to find their way back, and to help them finish well. We are the exact same in our dependence on God. We need a shepherd to do all of those things for us, to find, to lead us to good nourishment in our life, but in our faith. Where are we supposed to go, oh God, without you? We can't fend off the enemies. We don't even know half of our enemies. We don't know the temptations that are going to arise in the next hour for you. You don't know them, but God knows them all together, and he's more powerful than them. And so we need God to fend off our enemies. We need God to fix our failures. We need him to help us find our way back. And that's exactly why David, when he admits that he's gone astray like a lost sheep, then he seeks God. He asks something of God. He, he almost demands something of God. Seek your servant, he says. Come and get me. He's asking for God's help because he realizes how dependent he is, that he cannot do any of this on his own. He asks for it. And in 1 Peter 2.25, uh, Peter refers to the idea of straying sheep as well. He says, For you were straying like sheep, but now you've returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. That's 1 Peter 2.25. We were straying like sheep. Well, the only place to go is to return to the shepherd. N- not to find your way back to the pasture. N- not to get yourself all nourished and strengthened. No, no. The way that you have come uh, back from your straying is by turning to the shepherd. To-, to calling out to him. To coming to the one who can actually lead you and guide you. And so here, David is asking, he's pleading with God, seek me. I am, I am lost, and I need you to come and find me. Because I don't even know where I am right now. I, and I don't know how to get out of here. I don't know how I'm going to survive this thing. Seek me. Come and find me. The amazing thing is we have the promise in his word that, that God does seek us. That he does seek us. In Luke 15, we have this beautiful, beautiful parable of that lost sheep. Right? Luke 15, 4-7 says this, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? Goes after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, He calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you that there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. The amazing thing is you discover in that parable that Jesus is saying about him is that he will seek and he will seek and he will seek until he finds you. He will persist. It doesn't matter how far away you are, or how far off you've gone, or how lost you are. He will persist. It said in that parable, he goes after the one that is lost until he finds it. There's no turning in. There's no giving up. There's no stopping in the moment. He goes after the one until he finds it. But Charles Spurgeon says this, the Lord did not come down to earth to make an attempt to find men. But he came to do it, and he did it. He tarried here, seeking the lost sheep, till he found it. He never gave over till his work was done. 
At this hour, his work of grace amongst his chosen, he does not make an attempt at their salvation and suffer defeat, but he keeps at a soul-seeking work until he finds it. I'll say that one more time. He says, Jesus does not make an attempt at their salvation and suffer defeat, but he keeps at soul-seeking work until he finds it. Jesus himself said, I have come to seek and save that which was lost. That's his mission. That is his job. He is going to persist until it is done. Jesus does not give up on us. He doesn't become tired. He endures until the end, until he could cry, it is finished. Jesus sought until the mission was done. He did all that he needed to do in order to get those sheep who were lost, you and me and all other sinners who will be found in him. He came and endured until he found us. And the amazing thing is in that parable, not only does it say that he persists, but it says that he does find. It says, and when he has found that sheep, when he finds it, then he puts it on his shoulders. He, he, he rejoices then. He doesn't rejoice until the sheep is found. He's not rejoicing in anticipation. He is eagerly seeking the sheep until he finds it. And then he rejoices. And the beautiful thing is he carries that sheep home. Takes his broken, lost sheep, puts it on his own shoulders. Isn't that the perfect picture of the Lord Jesus? That he takes our burdens, our lostness, everything about us, and lays it all on his own shoulders. All the weight of us, all the burden, all the dependence, he puts on his own shoulders and carries until the end. Think about that lost, lonely, injured sheep. When times you are weak, when you're broken, when you're grieved in sin, when you're cut to the heart because you need to repent, God is near. He is near. He picks up the sheep. He doesn't just beat it with a rod or point to the direction. He picks up the sheep and carries it himself. He is near and he is not letting go. He doesn't let go. He persists in carrying the sheep all the way back. He will strengthen the sheep as he helps them restore their strength. Isaiah 40 verse 11 says, He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. He is the one who gathers. He is the one who carries. He is the one who brings back. He bears on his own shoulders the weight of this dependent, broken, lonely, lost sheep. He bears on his own shoulder the weight of of those who have gone astray. That is reassuring for you when you feel lost in any moment in your faith, in your walk with the Lord, when you feel lost, to know that God seeks until he finds. And when he finds, he will carry you and comfort you and supply for you all the way until you're home. The question is, have you been on his shoulders? Have you come to him utterly broken, in need of him to rescue you? aware of your sin, realizing that you have a future death that is impending if you don't call to him. You're lost, ultimately lost, and the only way to be found is by crying out for a shepherd, crying out for one to seek you. Seek me. Seek your servant, David says. Come and find me. I don't know where I am or what's wrong with me. All I know now is I'm, I'm lost. Isn't it a beautiful and gracious thing that God does that for us? 
How often are we just walking in our own thing, doing our own thing, not even aware of the danger that surrounds us, and he opens our eyes. He opens our eyes to see you're in danger. There's a cliff ahead. You are going to hell if you carry on in this way. How gracious is God to open our eyes and make us aware of the point of reference? The reference is hell, and we're going there. And so he gives us this biblical reference that this is what is your end if you carry on the way you are. And so what do we do? We cry out, help, seek me, save me, rescue me, and he comes. Jesus says in John 10, 14 to 15, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and they know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay my life down for my sheep. It's beautiful. And in Ezekiel 34, 16, God says this. Listen how, how certain these words are. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured. And I will strengthen the weak. That is so good of promises. Write that down, Ezekiel 34, 16. If you are ever lost, if you have ever strayed, if you are ever injured or you are ever weak, go to that verse, hear the promise of God. He will seek, he will bring back, he will bind up and he will strengthen. That's what the great shepherd does for his sheep. He brings his sheep all the way home to the rest and then they rejoice together. And then there, the great shepherd, as David cried out to him, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant. Seek me. He does. And he finds us and he brings us home on his own bill, on his own strength. All the, the difficulty that it took to find us, all the, the difficulty it will take to bring us back again and again is on him. On him was laid the iniquity of us all. On him was laid all the weight, the failure, the pain. He does it to bring us home. Amazing. When you think about your own sinfulness and the stuff that you've brought on yourself, the, the times that you have wandered off, or the times that you've not been careful and you've been led astray by something that enticed you, all those times where you've been lost, and yet God is so gracious to seek you, to find you, to carry you on his own shoulders and bring you back home. God, as our great shepherd, helps us to find the proper nourishment that we need to survive. He's going to give us what we need to fend off all the enemies around us. God is going to fix our failures. He's going to come and going to repair that which was broken. He's going to save that which was lost. Rescue us who are dead in our trespasses and sins. God helps us find our way back again and again. The point of reference is his word. His word. That's why this entire chapter, the biggest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119, ends this way. It's not all, you know, gold-colored, rose-colored glasses. There's difficulty for David, even in his own lostness, even in his own failures. But he rejoices that there's a point of reference. The word of God shows him. The word of God is a light to his feet. And a lamp to his path. It's the word of God that shows us our great shepherd. The question is, do we know where we've gone astray? Do we know when we go astray? Or if we're about to go astray, do we know that? Are we aware of our point of reference enough to, to be aware? Be aware of what, where you're prone to wander. Where you're prone to leave the God you love. Are you alert to the way that you could be led off? 
We need to do this, and it's only through the word of God that we're going to be aware of our wandering and alert to um, being led astray. The word of God helps us to not be led astray. And if we ever are led astray, we know that we can cry out. Cry out. Ask God to, to come, to rescue you, to bring you back. Even because sometimes when we think, oh, people gone astray, like I'm not astray right now. Like even in slight ways, we are at times, right? Day in and day out. When you sin, guess what? You've gone astray. You've gone astray. When you have a, a wicked thought towards someone, when you're bitter towards someone, you're angry at someone, when you're impatient with someone, when you're not grateful with someone, you have gone astray. So you and I need this word just as much as a completely lost person to know that there is a great shepherd who will seek us and find us when we call out to him. So then we rejoice at a great shepherd. We rejoice and, and that we can take this truth and place it on our own lives and say it totally completely that I have gone astray like a lost sheep but I'm a servant of God and I know my point of reference and so God seek me and you will find me so that I might come back to you find good pasture and follow your leadership so that I can be led and the beautiful thing about this is as I mentioned here he says my point of reference is the commandment of God but it's also that word of God in the people around me the word of God transforming you and you so that I can see that point of reference in me and those people also help me come back to God. They point me again to him, to the point of reference to the great shepherd so that I might rejoice with him as he rescues and as he saves. Let's pray. Oh God, what a, a gift. You are so um, perfect. You are so patient. We wander so many times. Even within a day, we just wander and insist on our own way. And yet we can cry out to you in any given moment and you rescue. And you come and you pursue us. And you will carry us and bear the burden yourself for our sin. And we are so thankful for that. May we be transformed by that truth and may we help others also to be um, guarded from wandering off and guarded from being led astray as we too are, are seeking that help. So God, we come to you now, recognizing that we are like sheep and that we need you as our great shepherd. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for uh, Christ dying on our behalf so that we can be set free and have a relationship that is restored to you. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for our great shepherd, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.